Oh, and the funny thing was, right after she hung up, literally not even 30 seconds later, I, another call, phone call, a different number, and I pick up, and guess what? Shalom Aleichem! We are two chassids in a pod! This is a podcast from the mystical city of Tzfat, Israel, about Judaism living a Torah-observant lifestyle. We discuss a wide range of topics, including spirituality, everyday struggles, current events, and interviews with interesting people. All this from the perspective of two young Balei Tshuva who made Aliyah. Welcome to the It's not as good as the first time I had it. <laughs> not at all. No, it's weird. What's that? You think of water. That, that is gonna do the difference? You know, scotch, you have to open it up with water a bit. Even those drops? Yeah. I've never heard about that. I heard about ice, but... It's a little bit more water, but... Interesting. Very right. interesting. L'chaim, everybody. L'chaim, y'all. Welcome to the show. What's up? Yeah, great. I was just thinking how well my prayer went today. Both Mincha and Marif. Did you also have a good? Um, Shacharit was amazing. Yeah. Mincha was at the home, but Shacharit was Tvash, Torah reading. I feel like every time it gets better. Like Shacharit is like, for me at least, like whatever. You know, I just woke up. And then like Mincha, it's already better. It's had already a day of learning. And Marif, because it's like right after Mincha, it's like, wow, it like... I didn't pray yet. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> I didn't pray all of Still have but... time, you know, it's early. The, day, the night is young. You can go all night even to the break of dawn. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't get our Vitin yet, but thank God today really was... Woke up uh, with some energy. At least you woke up. Oh, yeah, well, Hashem, it's been a good week, two days in a row. That's, uh, Did that's you woke up? Yeah, yeah. 7.30 <laughs> Hodu. 7.30? Wow. 7.30 Hodu. I'm up at like 6.30. So wow. And that's changing from like waking up around 12.01. No, no, it's so. only, no, no, not 12.01. No, no. uh, the goal is always 7.30 Hodu. Um, some days I wake up at like 8.39 and I just don't go to school. I pray at home 10. Yeah. So. Sometimes 11, 12, 1, not really, no. Listen, if you hold my rep Itchy Mayor Morgenstern, 11 p.m., 11 a.m. is the time for Shachris. But he probably does all, he does a all lot. the work. He probably doesn't wake up at 10. <laughs> I, I highly doubt that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So why was Mincha good then? I don't know, like, really, like, yesterday or the day before wasn't so good for me, I suppose too much time wasting time didn't learn too much Torah like I usually do and then in the evening I kind of like had this introspection you call it introspection I guess like uh, when you look at yourself and I was like wow I felt so far from Hashem at the end of the day like I didn't learn so much I, I wasted a lot of time doing whatever and because uh, usually I, I learn like a lot of hours of Torah like throughout the day I'm just learning okay I'll take a break but then I learn again and take a break okay I'll learn again but I felt that day it was just such a waste of time and but when I did introspection and I do the, started doing like Arvit actually very late and when I was and when I started praying Arvit I like I felt like wow now I'm finally standing in front of you Hashem finally I'm 
I'm in front of you. Of course, he's always in front of me, but I didn't put him in front of me the rest of the day. And it was such a relief to finally have Hashem in front of me. It's like I started crying. I felt so was so emotional. It's like like seeing your dad after not seeing him yeah. for months. It's kind of that felt. That's how it felt. It was like, oh yes, Hashem, finally, and like it was really great. It all depends on us as well. Yeah, and my heart opened up because my heart was closed all day, and my heart just opened up like that so easily. It was really weird. Just because of like how far I felt from Hashem, that broke me, that broke my heart and opened my heart. heart. Yeah, and it opened my heart and it was... Not to be confused with sadness. No, not, not to be confused with sadness. Thing. Not the same thing at all. But here it shows really like, yeah, I had to go through something that is, so to speak, dark or like negative. A lack. Just a, a lack. lack. But that was all, so Hashem knew like that would get me to where I had to get to the point of opening my heart and being connected with Hashem, just pure, it was so pure, like like the most purest connection I had with Hashem for weeks or even months, because before I would try a lot, very hard, but this was just really for my heart, I was like, I wanted it so much, yeah. I didn't have to try, it was like, I missed Hashem so much, and my heart just opened up, it was a beautiful prayer, and that kind of set it up for the day as well. And it's for me too, and like on uh, yesterday, I read the Ben Ishchai, on the parasha, it's Ben Ishchai, it's Alachot, but, for whatever reason, Bishalach, and you know, this week's up, upcoming portion is like about singing and then the sea split. And uh, he brings all of the kavanot for the Shwanaisa in this wow. week's parasha, what you should have in each paragraph. Oh, that's so interesting. I was that. thinking about it yesterday. We should learn it together. It's really good. Wow. And so I learned it and I read it all in like one sit down. And then I was like, all right. Does he talk about the Rashash? He, in that, he actually does. A little bit. It's not, it's not. He brings some of the things he does, um, and he, it's all Arizal and Rashash. Some people say it's the same thing, right? But, uh, but, um, but yeah, he brings it all out. It's really amazing. And like my prayers immediately like came Mincha after that. And I was like, all right, now it's time to apply the Torah that you just learned. Awesome. And it's like a different experience of just like, just for example, like what at the end, at, at the end of the Amidah, at the end of the, the silent prayer, when we take three steps back, he says there that it has to, to begin with don't pray in a place that you don't have enough room to take three steps and those three steps need to be toes to heel toes to heel the minimum uh, the maximum don't the do maximum. more than there's dafka oh, in inyan, wow. dafka in inyan, to make sure that your toes line up with your heel and then you go back and you only take oh, three wow. steps and no more why because you're going uh you're coming out of Atzilut, so first step back with the left foot, because negative you already start with the left, and you're going down, so left, you go to Briha. You're talking about when Yetzirah. you start the Shonais, or when you end it. When you when you start, there's an Inyan of walking back, he says that as well, you should take the steps back and start, but I'm talking about when we end it, at the end of the Amidah, take three steps back, and that's Briha, Yetzirah, Asiya, and wow. you come back to it. Back to the and world it's of like, And like those three Beautiful. steps, is just like, that's like one small thing, but immediately my now in my week i've been trying to apply them as best as i can because you know, some of them are not easy things um but um why well, you don't want to make two big steps because you don't want to jump a world you know <laughs> maybe i don't know yeah no so I didn't, I didn't know the indian of like the toes and yeah, the heel i don't know exactly because literally yes this is about yesterday you're telling me yeah literally yesterday for some crazy reason for some divine providence reason i literally was in a shop and I asked for the Rashash Sidur of oh, the Kavanah yeah. of the Rashash and someone was there by Hashgachah Pratit also and he was like they don't have and he, they didn't have it there and he's like 
Well, I know somewhere they do have it. And he literally took me to the synagogue of the, where they do Rashash. And I looked at their the books shul? of the Rashash. I don't know. It's like a Sephardi shul, I think. It's like in the middle of the Sfat center. It's like in the old city. In, in the old city. In, in the middle of the. Chaim Vital? Next to Kikam No, not Chaim Vital. It's like nearby, yeah. actually. If you go down the stairs and you go to Ari Street, it's yeah. right before Ari Street. It's oh, on the Ari Street, kind of. Anyway, take me there one day. I, I didn't take the book because it looked way too complicated. But I did pray Mariv that day uh, with some Kavanot. Like I took literally a Sidor that is like, ah, it's like the same one as uh, Matok Midvash. Matok Midvash. Oh, yeah, it has yeah, some Kavanot. Yeah, it's an amazing Sidor. And yeah. still type kind of my Nusach Sfard. Yeah. But I still had my Tilat Hashem. So I literally used two Sidorim because <laughs> like they're very different still. Yeah. So I would look at the the words for uh, the Kavanot for to, uh, this Matok Midvash and then I would look at the Hilat Hashem to make sure I do it correctly and like people literally as I ended Shmonesa one of the guys in the shul one of the Hasidim literally took my Sidur and looked at it like what I was doing like what is he reading over there <laughs> without asking he just went like this most people don't pray with two Sidur yeah so, so. <laughs> must have looked strange but I was like let's yes, try it's amazing thank god we have uh, good prayers uh, hopefully good things for both of us and for the rest of Amisa May this be a start to uh, improve our tefillah and get closer to Hashem in a stronger connection. It's all about humility. Yeah. God forbid not to fall into the opposite of humility. Oh, talking about humility. Have you seen the fight? Which fight? <laughs> McGregor? Of course. Wow. Got handled, as we say. Oh my gosh. He handled. got knocked out. Yeah. What? In the second round? I think there was 90 seconds. It was something crazy. It was quick, but um, like Conor McGregor, known to knock out his his opponents, knocked this opponent out before in a previous fight, got owned. What's the lesson? Forget the fight. What's the lesson? That's the point. What can we learn from this? No. Well, I think like if you look at his whole his whole like journey, right? He started, and he like started really good and really quick, and he stood out. Hungry. Hungry. And he won everyone. He won like every game, uh, every uh, fight. And like he became the champion, became double champion. Like he literally did something no one else did in the fighting world, in UFC world. He was a double champ. Like he had in two multiple, weight, multiple weights. Weight, yeah. Like, and he was on, he was the king. He was on top. And he, you saw like, it, like, and then he has this different match. And then he fought with Mayweather, yeah, like Mayweather, a different, exactly. a totally different era, like just boxing, which is totally different from UFC. He MMA. might be, he might be one of the best boxers in MMA, but, but he's not Floyd Mayweather level at all. The best th- boxer ever, ever. And that was interesting how that humbled him. I realized, okay, I may be not the best boxer, but I feel like they didn't completely did it. But now in this fight, you can see like, I f- it's, it, I think the lesson we can learn from this is. You can like grow and grow and grow but like and you can like have everything like you can have the, have money you can have success but at the end of the day you're not in control you're not the one that's in control yeah like you can you can think about yourself you can be as good as you want but eventually you can literally lose it all in one moment and in that night he lost it all so many people i heard like lost respect for him that he, everybody used to see him as the fighter guy like he was like kind of an idol in a way i don't you know, not like, for us. Not for, for us, but for some world, people. For sure. Yeah, yeah for some people. names in the sport. And yeah. I think, like, Hashem kind of, like, shattered that idea. For sure. Like, people are like, whoa, 
no, wait a second. He's a human is not in control of all his wins. There's like something else. And I think uh, that's also a lesson, like for the other people that maybe don't realize that humans are. Some people may think, oh, this this football guy is the best one in the world, or one of the best in the world. He's always wins. Or this fighter guy is the best in the world and he always wins. But no, Hashem wants. He like this is like yeah. that, and it humbles you, and it's it's a good life lesson, I think. Hey, I mean, everything comes from Hashem. I think also Connor has a hand in his own downfall. Uh, once you make that much money, um, it's very hard probably to to still be as hungry and to fight and to respect your other opponents. If you're sitting like, sure. in one fight with Mayweather, he made hundred million dollars. You got beat up and made a hundred million dollars. Like, what more do you need? Like, what you don't need much more than that. And and but when you get hungry, like the Gemara teaches us, right? Like, person gets a little bit, he wants to double that. Much he more. gets that, he wants to double. Like he that. was good. He didn't have to fight. He actually shouldn't have fought that game. Like he was good, but like you said, like he wanted more, and it yeah. wasn't necessary. It was like he's like this is enough. Actually, like we all knew, like that's it. He's done. He did his you don't thing. He did really good. But he, he wanted more and it's like, that's too much, you know, like, like Dustin outfought him, like, he, he destroyed him. Destroyed him. <laughs> he yeah. destroyed his leg. It's an easy way of putting it, yeah. yeah I only leg, saw the highlights, but up, like, yeah. but from what I saw, it was not, uh, it wasn't even yeah, really close. Really it wasn't game. even close. And I don't usually watch the game, but this is like such an iconic fight. Like, you, yeah. you heard, I heard about it right away. Watched the video and I used to watch UFC almost every, every big fight I used to watch it before the chua uh, but now it's interesting things more interesting things than this but this is very interesting to learn something from yeah it's also like the, listen we need to look at everything and understand the lessons and uh, a lot of lately a lot of these lessons have been uh, the same lesson kind of for me has been returning on itself which is that we're really not in control like especially what we've been going through in the past like year and everything that's been going on Human beings are not in control and everything, everything is decided up above and everything comes down after it's been well planned and thought out and we have no comprehension of what's yeah, going on. This year we really saw it. This year oh, really was a hit. That was kind of the knockout. Like this year was kind of that knockout of like, okay, we're doing so well. Like all of us, we're doing so great. We're like, like we are so spoiled. Again. We're like, we have everything. We can go out to where we want. We can fly to where we want. We had it so good, but we didn't realize it. And then, bam, one punch, it's all gone. It's all over. The world is back to, I don't know, the 1700s? Yeah. Can't <laughs> go anywhere. Boy, you go really far <laughs> back so, to the yeah. Stone Age. It's, uh, it's I hope really, it won't get that far, but you never know. Yeah, it's I don't, very I mean, we, can't, we can't tell at all what's going to be. Um, I, unfortunately, I know everything is good and everything is for a good reason. I think relative to human eyes and perspective things are probably going to get a lot worse before they get better they will get better and worse means better but again and like the human just human eyes of perspective of where the world's heading i think we have a little bit of rough times ahead of us but again i think this is what we have to go through exactly it's not up to us there is a plan here there is yeah. something above us there is there is a whole entire malach as we say in Hebrew, a whole entire like um, situation that needs to unfold and and, and we're all and gonna develop. be okay at the end like, yeah, yeah like that's the most important thing i think also for people to know like okay it's gonna get bad but we're gonna be okay and they remind me actually of uh, the dream that i had recently 
and I had an interesting dream today as well. But I had an interesting, but this specifically, I had like a, a dream a few weeks ago or a month ago, and this was very interesting. Like I saw literally, I was flying above, and I saw every continent. I was passing by every continent, and every con. I think I told you about this dream, right? And every continent was just passing by, and it would feel this immense pleasure as I would fly over every continent, and an immense like pleasure. And there was just one part of the dream. Okay. Now the next part of the dream, I was in a plane. And when we were flying in a pl plane, we were about to crash. And it was really intense, like you can imagine. I mean, crashing is not so fun. <laughs> and I already have fear of flights, kind of. But as we were like crashing, we landed so smooth. We like, we're about to kind of land just so smooth, just normal. And then we took off again. And actually, the funny thing was, before we took off, a lady was, actually, this is a... Uh, this is near where I live. Can I get off here? And she just got off like it was a bus. bus. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then we took off again. And again, we were about to crash. And again, it was very intense and very scary. But again, we landed smoothly. And this time we were even near the airport. We landed right near the airport. And again, so smooth. And then the dream continues. But I think what I took out from it, what I felt, the moment I woke, I woke up, I felt like, wow. I feel like all everything that's going on, all the stress, all the fears, all the anxiety, like it's intense. But at the end of the day, I think like we'll land smoothly. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. We have to hold on to a few things. It's not just I can do whatever I want and I'm going to be all right. Like there's prayers, there's Torah learning. You need a, a spiritual, um, bubble. you know, bubble, a bubble not to be enclosed in the bubble. There's like a shield exactly that protects you from... Because mentally at least yeah, you. At least, if you don't go it, insane not, exactly. you look at the news you go insane exactly we're getting, Try not we're to look getting too much locked inside our, our houses where we're not being able to go into freely move we're, we've been limited and like even this week I want to go to Jerusalem I can't go to the Kotel I can't go to certain places I can't go see all my rabbis so why would I like why go down there what am I going there for uh, and, and if we don't have prayer if we don't have Torah we don't have um friends you know that a community a sense of community that that uplifts you and that you know you can you can lift your spirits it's very it's, it's, it's very, gonna be very very hard because we see this year if if anything i think there's been a huge huge effect on people's mentality um yeah. people have people don't do well with change already and this is a really drastic change um so we just need to know things aren't in our hands. There's things that we can do in order to, you know, to to get through it. Like like in your dream, right? It's up and down, up and down, up and down. That is life. Sometimes people try to run away from the downs, but you need to realize that there's a reason the the plane's going down. There's a reason there's a little landing, even if it's like small and it's right, but it's smooth. Like it, there's a way for it to be smooth, and and there's something that needs to be done while you're down. Um, so we can't af avoid it, but we just need to start getting tools of how to deal with being down and how to ride the wave until you can come back up again. One of them is knowing that, you know, not everything's in your hands. Not everything. Uh, exactly. Like this whole Corona situation, there's people that are healthy and young that passed away when they got it. There's people that are old and sick and weak that got it and got better. Me personally, I had it and I was living with two 60-year-olds and I nothing happened to them. And my wife was also sick and we were living with her parents. Nothing happened. Nothing and I happened also to had it. And my wife, she's, she was pregnant. She's pregnant still. And she was pregnant at the time. 
and like pregnant women are supposed to be like very vulnerable because their immune system is already weak yeah. because they're carrying something with them so it's like and she she had it probably but she had it very mild like i was literally sick twice and one of them i think it was the virus because i felt very fatigued i felt very tired i felt very weak i've never felt a virus that i felt ne- i never felt like that during a virus so fatigued yeah in this way it could have been anything but the, the point is like Hashem is in control, right? That's the point. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, Hashem eventually decides who's going to get it, no matter how you feel. And the Not reality who's is... who's going to get it, and who's, who's going to pass, who's going to get better, yeah. who's going to be fine, who's going to pass it on. Well, there's nothing we can... Do. There's the literally main, nothing we can do. And that's what's happening right now. Hashem is, like, trying to be like, okay, let go of control. But people are still... I feel people still reaching on to it because, like, okay, you have to wear the mask. You have to keep social distancing. You have to... We have to try to do this and this and this and all the restrictions. Shut down everything. Shut down everything. They still... It's all about control, like controlling the virus, controlling everything that's going on. Meanwhile, they don't know anything about it. They don't know how it works. They don't know how to test. They don't know this. They don't know that. And if you think about... Look at the reality. 99% of people that get it are fine. Like, that's statistics. Like... 99% 99% of people below 70 are fine. And even the people above 70, 95%, I don't know. Which, uh, bless every single soul that, that, that was that was affected by it. But in the end of the day, if yeah, you're talking about healthy. the whole entire world. But yeah, if you look at the big picture, like if you see a people that got that died from like other flus, like where did the flu happen? What did it happen to the flu today, you know? Yeah. Nobody's know. talking about the flu anymore. Nobody's dying from flu. What, what happened to the flu? So, COVID exchanged it. <laughs> yeah, strange. And no one's getting flu vaccines this year. They're no. all getting corona vaccines if they're getting anything. And so. from the flu, actually, children die. And from this virus, children don't die. Like, this is a yeah. virus with... Now they're saying that there's a few here in Israel that are... I mean, there's few everywhere that are in hospital. But uh, There's always a few uh, exception. Maybe they had the existing condition. Maybe it's a general... Uh, you getting your exception. vaccine? <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. You mentioned it because of what I told you earlier. They called me. They called you today? They called me today. Uh, <laughs> Maccabi called me. They actually called my wife's phone. And I picked up my phone. My wife wasn't in the area. So I picked up. And uh, she's like, Shalom. Um, she's talking Hebrew. Is this uh, Clara Chaya here? Like uh, the owner of the phone. And I'm like, she's not uh, here right now. And she's like, um, are you guys interested in t- getting the vaccine? She's saying all of this in Hebrew. I'm like, uh, I'm like, first I'm thinking, okay, straight. Like, why are you calling me? If I want to get the vaccine, I'll go get the vaccine. You know, why do you have to remind me? It's all over the news. Sales, come on. <laughs> get you pumped up and interested. Yeah, it really felt like they're trying to sell me a vaccine. You know, when they call you for like whatever, like internet or we want to get like a TV a prescription. That's literally how it felt like. And I was like, so shocked. So I didn't say anything. And she said again, um, hello, do you want to get the vaccine? And again, I couldn't say anything. And I was like, ma? Oh, and the funny thing was, right after she hung up, literally not even 30 seconds later, I, another call, phone call, a different number. And I pick up and guess what? Maccabi. It's a different lady from Maccabi. Hello, have you have you thought about getting your vaccine? Huh? What the heck? <laughs> like, I literally got, like, is this planned? What? Literally 30 seconds after. And I, and I did the same thing. I was like, sorry. Oh, no, I said, I didn't do say that. I said, like, uh, we just got a literally a call now from someone. Ah, okay. So 
are you getting it? I'm like, already close dealt to it. it. Yeah. So dealt with it, basically. <laughs> and she, I was like, so you're not going to get a vaccine? No, I'm definitely getting Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> For the cameras, we're going to get it. Yeah, we're getting it. Government, please don't come <laughs> after us. <laughs> but yeah, there's, They're already trying to, so. 12,000 people in Israel that have gotten the vaccine have been infected by corona afterwards. So... Maybe it's because they it's only hit the first number. one. Maybe it's because it's they only hit the first one. Small number out of two million, but still. Because they say the way they said is you have to get two. Yeah, but whatever. Now there's a British virus uh, variation of it. There's a South African. There's a Brazilian, and the vaccines don't actually haven't been proven to help with all of them. Some actually, most of the doctors are saying that they don't help. Yeah, like the Pfizer thing is, says they don't help with the other variations. So what's gonna be? I'm not. I'll, I'd rather wait. Yeah, exactly. That's the Just thing. Wait. The, the, the point is like we're, we're not like against vaccines or something I'm not against vaccines like I had all the vaccines yeah. I had many vaccines hepatitis B polio all this stuff but this vaccine there's something so different about this vaccine so many people are against it first of all so many doctors and it's so quick it's like literally a record time that they got it six months a normal vaccine would take 10 to 30 years yeah. six months it's like okay have you long, there's no long term testing first of all and well, they tested on Israelis. Yeah, unfortunately, they're testing it on us. Pfizer gave it to us first. And they said people. it themselves. Also, that's another thing. They said it themselves that it, tw- after 21 days, it's not going to work anymore. Like, what are you taking it for? And now there's like different mutants, like mutations, different viruses, different strains. So wait, so it's not going to work for that. So and if I take it, do I still have to be in lockdown because there's other mutations? So what's the point? They sold also on travel that like you're gonna get a green a green passport now like whoever gets a vaccine will get a green passport that's and now they sick. just shut they shut down the airports so there's no travel so they just vaccinated <laughs> two million people that thought they would be able to travel <laughs> and then you close yeah. the airport yeah literally people I was talking to people that said I'm gonna take the vaccine to fly and yeah now they can <laughs> but I mean listen in the beginning this goes back to like the idea that we were saying that we you know it's not in our hands. And in the beginning, when you don't know the situation, I remember in the beginning of the year, we're, we're nearly at the one-year anniversary of this... Of oh, COVID. Uh, yeah. to that. We made it this far. It's all happened in a Purim evening. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, and so the in the beginning... Purim we never ended, scared. by the way. Yeah, it didn't. We still wear our masks. Well, I stopped that. But in the beginning, I was wearing masks. I was wearing gloves. I was spraying down... Yeah. Spraying down all of our groceries before we brought it. We into would the house. literally take off our clothes at the entrance and go right into the shower. <laughs> you get scared. We didn't know. We had no, no one had any idea. But I think as the time went on, there's the there, like two things happen in the world, three things happen in the world. There's those that completely went into what the government and the media is saying, and they trust them through and through everything that they say. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. It's holy, holy, holy. Whatever the media and the government say. Then there was a a lane of people that went completely against everything is a lie everything is a conspiracy everything is bad and then there's like this middle like there's definitely something here but it's just not what anyone's making it out to be the healthy middle the healthy middle which you is just stay path. skeptic you do your own research and that's why we in the beginning like everyone was afraid i don't know no i don't know a single, i mean i know a few people that weren't afraid because i don't know but most people that i know were super that are not afraid at all now that yeah. live their lives basically normally now and don't basically we forgot there's a virus 
But before, we all were so afraid. Like, we took showers, we sprayed our, our no foods. No friends over, Pesach <laughs> alone, all these things. We locked ourselves in the home, even though there was barely a lock, you know? In the beginning, everyone's so afraid because it was still new. But after a while, you're like, okay, it's been a few months. Let's look up what's going on. Let's look up the statistics. Okay, we acted out of fear. Maybe it was legit. Everybody was scared. But okay, let's now use our brains. You know, let's, okay, let's put the fear aside. Like, let's use our brains. Okay, how many people are affected? How many people die? How many people in Israel are infected? How many people in Israel die? Because that's also way yeah. smaller than everywhere else in the world. So what are they dying from? Do they, they have any other back exactly. uh, uh, surrounding? How uh, old are they? The, the people are dying. What are the age, you know? What's likely for you to get it? How, how bad is the virus really? Uh, then you well, see, the wow. You see. I don't know. For me, quickly, like it was like maybe two months of like, you know, the panic and the fear and everything. And then you started to see the picture that if you really, if you're not in media all day, if your head is, if you don't rely on receiving your information from social media completely or from or from like the general mainstream media, um, and you actually read books or you speak with people or you interact with people in life that have different opinions and go in different places and come from different communities, you get a much more complete picture of what's going on in the world than just getting strictly from social media and from mainstream media. And I think that like after a while... And they also have their own agenda. They for sure have an agenda and they don't even hide it. Um, but after a while, I stopped listening to the news. Like there was a period, I don't know if you remember, BB spoke every single night. Remember, and it was like in today's episode of Vivi speaking to the Israeli people. Are you talking about his vlogs? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> he used to have it, it vlogs. As if, a, as if it was a vlog. It was every day him standing up giving some press conference. As if it was a, a vlog, though, like every single day. And at a certain point, I was just like, I told my wife, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not. I just stopped listening to him. And from that day, your life became better. <laughs> it not only became better, I started to, like you start to see really like other information other sources you get out of the panic and you start to be able to really think for yourself and once i did that i was like this is way too exaggerated the police in jerusalem were beyond exaggerating on how they were trying to enforce things and shutting down the person themselves because yeah, if you eggs, care about the like, people you're gonna treat them nicely you're gonna like enforce it in a way that's humane yeah. but if you look now especially in the news now you see they're pushing this agenda and like something is wrong. Like why are they being so aggressive? Like if you look now at the Haredi, what's happening with the Haredi? It's one of the saddest, um, really saddest is. realities. And people in, in, in Canada or the United States or in Europe, they look at this and like, wow, the Haredi, they're like, it's because of them, you know? And it's like, wow, this is scary. They see the news, they believe it. And this is reminds me of Germany. Yeah. Uh, this is really exactly. scary. And it's like this agenda, I don't know if it's similar, but it just reminds me of that. And that was my really, first thought I think it's you. very important to know that in every community and us as religious Jews, we have most of our friends are religious. Most of our friends, or not most of our friends, but most of the people in our community are so careful. They wear a mask everywhere they go. They keep distancing. They keep the, the restrictions so careful. Like, we're maybe relaxed because we did a lot of research. But those people, they and don't have maybe it, the time. We went through yeah, it. we had it also. We went through it. We did whatever. But most people, they're so strict. They're like, and they're religious people. And then you see um, secular people. They could also be very strict. But then you see also that they're not. And it's in every community you have and you every have not. You have the ones that wear the mask. You have the community that keep the restriction. The ones that don't. It's the same in the US. It's the same in the UK. It's everywhere is the same. But the, the, the media, I think, 
because it's so toxic, like you said, they have an agenda. It's clear that they have an agenda. So clear, and it's done this for years already. Yeah, and that and that the years. One of the main things in Israeli media that maybe people in the English speaking community don't really know because they don't, they're not exposed to too much mainstream Israeli media, like the actual government news channels and private channels that are, like the NBC, ABC, CBS. Those are like the American, you know, like news channels, main news channels. You turn on your local news, that's what you see, right? So like those here in Israel, channel 11, 12, 13, soon to be 14, you know, 20, whatever it is, right? They literally are painting the religious orthodox religious community in israel as if we brought corona to the world as if we're the only ones that get sick as if we, so yes there are high numbers but grew, a lot of it comes yeah. to like just being close-knitted communities and and being and being in the same areas but they're painting the religious community with such a not only in all inclusive inclusive as if we're all the same as if there's not different uh, sects and communities and and beliefs and 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 philosophies within the religious world. Not only that, you paint this all as if we're guilty for the worldwide pandemic, and then the the result of that is what we're seeing right now. Like what's happening in Bnei Brak this week is disgusting, disgusting. As a person that was in in the the military here in Israel and dealt with terrorists and dealt with enemies of they're the calling state of them Israel. now terrorists i saw them calling them terrorists on tv or on the news i wasn't watching tv but i saw like an article they're calling them terrorists literally ter- these are young kids that go to yeshiva they want to go to all they want is want to go to yeshiva and they're stopping them from going to yeshiva and then they treat them like that of course you're going to get backlash of course yeah. you're going to get some but these are just kids they just want to go to school they've been a year at home they go crazy yeah. kids go crazy at home and this is the whole this is like such a foundation. Like they said this in the beginning of the the, the the nation beginning, and many people have said it before. Like if you don't have the religious community learning and sitting Torah, the Jewish religion is gonna be forgotten. If not, someone of the population is gonna do this. They're just gonna have to be forgotten. And this looks like now what they want. But it's not only that. It's, it's That's what much, it looks to me much, now. It's stopping learning Torah there's for sure they want that but on a if we just look at the situation right in Tel Aviv the same day that we're seeing pictures of hundreds oh yeah hundreds all over the beach of guard no no I'm not, oh, no, not we'll get that. there not we'll get that. there okay. on the same day that we see hundreds of policemen riot police with full on gear that with coming in with shock grenades and flashbang grenades and gas grenades in the middle of a city it's a suburb of Tel Aviv in the middle of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We see kids, 12-year-old kids push a cop. They pushed him. He pulls out his gun and shoots a shot in the middle of a street of a residential neighborhood. Meanwhile, like you said, the same exact morning that all of this is happening, I'm seeing friends of mine in Tel Aviv walking on the beach with hundreds of people sitting there. Hundreds of people sitting on the beach in Tel Aviv. And four or five kilometers away from where they're sitting... There's literally a civil war going on. And what's the difference between the two communities? The clothing that they're, that they're wearing in. And, but the main thing is that you can't really blame the police completely. The, because the they've been difference... listening for the media. They, they, for, the, for years now in the media, this is the, the narrative that these parasites, these disgusting people, these dirty people, these, these leechers are bringing disease to the world. And they won't stay in their houses. They want to sit and read their books together. They don't want to say, so you already close off B'nai Brak. You make it into 
pretty much a ghetto, right? There's no entry and no exit. You close it off. You don't let them leave their houses. And then within their own communities, they're also not allowed to sit together. So what's going on here? What is going on yeah. here? And you re- react with force that as a soldier, I've never even seen that used on complete civilians that are not really posing and a life threat. that's the main difference because I think the main difference between how they treat the Haredim and the, and the Tel Avivians, let's say, for example, the secular Tel Avivians when they go up, they, there's violence in the impact. Why is there, why is there violence? Because they physically stop them for doing the stuff they want to do. They physically break into the synagogues and, and shut them down. Like, of course, you're going to get backlash. Like, people with rifles coming into a synagogue. How traumatic is this? We, as the Jewish people, see guns, people with guns in uniform coming into a synagogue, stopping you from praying. What we have done for thousands and thousands of years. This is our tradition. And we're doing this tight-knit in our communities. Not like we're just going, like, on the yeah, or something. Your, your and street. that's the difference in Tel Aviv when they're, like, on the beach. I've seen what they do. They, they write on the boardwalk and they... Like they, they say, can you go. please, can everybody go? And that's it. And nobody leaves. And they're like, that's it. That's the end of it. Yeah. So they show you like, oh, we also trying to disperse them. But that's not forcing them to go out. And, as, and, as, as well, and that's as the well, difference. The they Haredis, treat them differently. The Haredim don't have the religious Orthodox Jews in Israel. Most of them don't watch media. But they know this. They know that they're being treated differently than the people in Tel Aviv. They know it. They know it. And they know the reality. They know that they're getting abused by the police. And we have to mention here, you can't go without saying that the Haredi community has not been re- represented well by its representatives that were voted into the Knesset, into parliament, by the Haredi community. I've seen a lot of that going on right now that there's like, hey, there's no voices here. You guys aren't speaking. You guys are, you're in the government. We elected you to represent us, to represent the Torah world, and you're not even saying anything. Just so by the way, a, I want to say like, also, it's not that we're saying like it's okay to push cops. It's yeah, okay to I'm not, we're not totally at all. not at all condoning, you know, what do you say, condoning? Do yeah, you say? condoning the violence. Not yeah, at all. Condemn at all. it. I'm against violence. Yes. I'm against attacking police. I'm against burning uh, like, things in the street. That's not the right thing to do for sure. Unless, unless in a democratic world, which is the what the state of Israel is trying to be, this perfect democracy, oasis in the desert, in democracy, if your rights are being abused, you have the right to lash out. Now, again... How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that and everything? But we have to understand that this, the situation that they're in right now, they are not only being locked into their own city, they're not allowed to hang out and do what they... No, it's not even hang out, to pray to they're God, praying, to stop that the whole entire they world learn, they study, they sit and study. Who in the secular community goes to school against the government's will? No one. Because it's nobody wants to study. They go to party. They go to do this, and they're still not dispersed. It's just whatever. They're, they're not. But when Jews, they go to study to learn. It's like it's going to learn the, to the laws myself, to, to improve yourself to know to what's the, the will of Hashem. Like halacha is literally the will of Hashem. They want to serve Hashem. They want to do what's right. Basically, they want to go and learn the halachas, do what's right. And for that, they're like forced. And by the way, like the people that lash out, it's only a small percentage of. The Haredi world, such a small percentage. You see the video of outside; it's like literally a few hundred people. There's like what two million uh, Haredi, and there's literally maybe a few hundred that do this, but they're like beaten to death. Chas v'shalom. Little kids. Little kids. They beat them. They so throw the them on the ground, police, police and the whole take news. Off their identification, and the news. Take off they, their names, and they pick up kids and throw them on the ground. That's not the way to deal with it. This is this is like be. not Avat Israel at all. This is Sinat Chimam. 
and it, it's coming like, a lot of it comes from the media again like we yeah. spoke about a few times in this in this in this episode like the, it's really a problem people need to get off of media people need yeah. to stop trusting these corporations that are trying to present news and it's really not news it's all with an agenda if you just watch it while taking a step back and get out of the box and just look at the screen and the words that they're actually saying and the tone and how they speak about people that we're brothers. We're literally brothers yeah. and sisters. It's, needs to it's start, not... Stop looking at each other as the enemy and start looking at each other exactly like you said, as brothers. Because we literally are brothers. Yeah. Like, okay, my brother, I cannot maybe agree with someone in my family. Literally, maybe you have a brother or sister you don't agree with. But you're not going to fight with them physically. Chaz v'shalom. Yeah. That's, you can talk it out. But to like start pushing and beating, it's like... The main thing here is the double Sorry, standard. It's the double standard. I mean, like, if, if, if secular people were getting beaten like this by the police, I would also be against it. Of course. And I would, I would, I would also speak They're about it. They're not doing that. You see, like, the protest. In, I don't want them to be in, doing it either. In, in Tel Aviv but, like, also. Come on. For, against Bibi, all the leftists that against Bibi. There was some backlash and there was some spraying, but it's so, you feel the vibe is ve- still very different than with the Haredim. The vibe okay. is so more intense. There is protest. They walk through the streets, breaking storefronts and windows, just like it was in the U.S., just like the Black Lives Matter protest. Mm. They had here in Tel Aviv. In Tel Aviv, they were doing that. They were doing that, and they tried in the Yerushalayim. No, no. The secular people were doing it in Tel Aviv, and they also walking in. They tried to break into Balfour with, uh, in, into like the uh, prime minister's house with, with uh, torches, like it was a uh, riot in three hundred years ago. Like what they did with the, uh, in the states. Yeah, and we didn't, <laughs> and we didn't see any of this police reaction. The same thing goes in what's happening in the in the in Yehuda Shamon, Judea and Samaria, the heartland of our country, where you have kids that are reacting to Palestinians. We just had Ahuvia Sandak was was killed about forty days ago by police. They're chasing his car and hit his car to take it off the road. And now they haven't been investigated, they haven't been interrogated. They interviewed they them literally Three days after the fact, yeah, which is not around. normal. You're sus- there's murder suspicion. Your investigation, you, you cannot just, just walk around. around. So there's there's no double standard. It's disgusting. It needs to be dealt with. There's no one representing the Haredim. Hopefully, we can bring a little bit of light to the situation and and, and try to bring a, a a different perspective because for them, they don't have a voice. They don't really have so much of an outlet of media and and even. The, the outlets that do exist honestly right now I don't know where they are they're pretty they're pretty the, quiet the, actually the religious outlets the religious news uh, outlets the literally I say literally I did a lot <laughs> but I saw today or I think it was yesterday the first four articles the main article and the first three to four articles were all against Haredim we're all talking about how Haredim calls this do that nah, the riots and everything all about and very like obviously anti-Haredim Clickbait. Clickbait. People want attention. People want uh, to make views, and, and and hate is a very easy tool to get that. Yeah. If you want, if that's what your job is to make a commotion, it's a very easy way to pick out the weakest. By far, I don't think there's anyone in Israel that doesn't consider the Haredim physically as the weakest group of people in the country. Physically, they're for sure considered the weakest. They don't actually fight. Nothing. I've never seen them really fight. Peaceful. And their protests are burning garbage cans. They sit all day in Shiva. They don't know how to fight. Gar- burning garbage cans and sitting in the road singing songs. That's how they protest. And, the, and, the, and they're and met the, by police force and horses. They pulled them out. <laughs> Literally pulled them out with force. I don't know. I heard a, a crazy joke to lighten up so we don't get too too down into this uh, situation. That 
and then in the world they're blaming the Jews for Corona. Ravarosh is on his show. The world they're blaming the Jews for Corona. The Jews blame Israel. Israel blames the religious people. The religious people blame the ultra orthodox. The ultra orthodox blame Mea Sharim. And in Mea Sharim, you ask them who's responsible for Corona. They said, What's Corona? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> so that's literally what's going on right now. Yeah. Don't see you. Don't see the news. Not connected. And they know they know it exists. There's people again. There's a whole entire world of different communities, different beliefs, different ways of approaching things in life. You cannot call all Haredim as one thing. It is impossible. This is the like mistake. About the moment where you like say like all one people, all one group of people, this is where you're going wrong. This is immediately this is where you're wrong. Yeah. You cannot say every individual is different in a community, especially in a community with many different people. Even in a family, there can there can be literally a person yeah. that is religious and one that is secular and one that is more than orthodox and one that is maybe a Christian. Even an individual person <laughs> can, be a hypocr- can be a hypocrite. Yeah. Can be wake up one feeling one way and act a completely different way two hours later. Cannot generalize. You cannot generalize. But one thing that we can say for sure across the board, there is an agenda in the media. It is clear. It is clear. If you can take a step back, you can see that that there is a clear agenda to paint. It's easy. It's It's, a scapegoat. It's a scapegoat. And a lot of people are very sensitive with Holocaust um, comparisons. But it's pretty disgusting. And it's getting pretty close to that. That like every time you open the news, a person... Like all the... the One thing I've noticed, a lot of the pictures of Corona... Our people are Haredim. They yeah, like they I put the that. thumbnail of the of the article, if, whether it has something to do with religion or religious people or not. They'll put a picture of a Haredi person, a religious or Orthodox person, as the thumbnail of the article. It is so down to all the details of things that 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 you know that picture is completely irrelevant. You can put a picture of a mask. You can put a picture of anything. You can. There's nine million people in Israel. The majority of them are not Haredi. So, like, you could have put any of them, an Arab. You love to be so diverse. Put a picture of an Arab there. Put a picture of a Bedouin. No, all of them, pretty much. You see this agenda, so it's a sad situation. Right. But uh, God willing, we'll be able to like shed a little bit more positive light on on the outlook of things from within the community. Um, you know, we're not the classic Haredi, but we're surrounded by Haredi. We live, pray. And very religious neighborhood, and there's yeah. barely any cases here. Yeah, I've been praying in a certain synagogue. There's maybe 300 people there every single day. I haven't heard of a case yet, and I've been praying there for five, six months. Um, Listen, that's I don't the know. facts. And also, I don't know. Six, seven months ago, with 10,000 cases, yeah, and they said we were gonna have like 10,000 deaths, yeah, in a few months, because like we already have 10,000 cases, and we had about 1,000 deaths. And they said, okay, it's going to grow and the deaths are going to go be significant, huge. Fear game, fear mongering. Yeah. Where are we now? 500,000. Oh, the thing ended. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we talked enough, I think. Yeah, I think. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Should we wrap it up with something? No, it doesn't mean... Let's do it. Let's wrap it up. When you said a joke, when you said a joke, let's wrap it up there. Let's cut it there. No, no, you can't. That's too short. Let's do that. We'll take a little in here. Why not? It doesn't matter if it's too short. Huh? No, no one. It doesn't matter if it's too short. That's just the joke was not so short. No, but I'm saying like there's no close. We didn't close it out. Okay, round it up. You mean okay?
Yeah. Whatever we're talking about is the idea. Kind of like. All right. So to end this on a good note, what we can really learn from this is, especially in these times where it's like very confusing. Whatever we're talking about is the idea. Kind of like. All right, so to end this on a good note, what we can really learn from this is especially in these times where it's like very confusing, nobody really knows what's going on and to go right away and judging the situation and being sure what's going on, I think is not the solution. We got to like take a step back, do our own research, really what's going on before we judge a situation. And not right away believe what we see, believe what we hear right away, even if it comes from, so to speak, a new source that is respected. Or the government. Or the government, or anything, really, from it's anyone. Not, it's not really... In Torah, it says you need yeah. to have two kosher witnesses. Two physical human beings, kosher witnesses, to believe something. So, at least, if you hear it in one source, <clears throat> sorry, go to the other end and look at it there. From Research it from a different perspective. Exactly. And, and this doesn't only go with, like, we're not talking here of, like, being skeptical about corona this is everything in life yeah of course and especially especially when if what you're intaking in that media that you're taking in is going to make you hate another person that lives a very similar life because at the end of the day if we want to take a step out of israel hate is never the solution guys not only that, but if we want to take a step out of israel right any other person in the world that is not jewish for them israel is a bunch of jews together yeah, they don't care. Course. You wear a hat. You wear a jacket. You wear. Uh, you're Israeli. They don't care. You're Israeli. Matter. You're yeah. Israeli. You're a Jew, and that's it. So like, us, we can't. There was we're once a, a man we can't do this. We that can't didn't fight. differentiate. I'm not gonna say his name yeah. now. May his name be erased. But it was once a man, and he didn't differentiate. Yeah. So and um, so we can't. We can. We can. We don't have the opportunity. We shouldn't because we. We are all brothers, you know. And when we're being attacked, we're all being attacked, you know. And we are the most vulnerable when we're against each other. Sure. And we're the most powerful and most successful when we work as a team, all as the Jewish nation as a team. We're all brothers at the end of the day. We'll the Torah teaches even that like, even if a whole bunch of wicked people come together, if they have unity between them, not even midat adin, not even the, 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 the attribute of judgment can, can, can come between them, can break them up. Even if wicked people come together and they have unity, so even more so, the, the, the righteous nation, Am Yisrael, the holy nation of the world, the light of the whole entire world, we have to be together. And we cannot, we cannot let the media, the government, the police, anyone else put a walls in between our communities and, and cause remember, baseless hatred. And remember, who's in control? We're never in control. And it comes also from a place of control. Like, okay, they are in fault. Okay, we can control this. Okay, it's his fault. Okay, we can like... We just force this person to take the vaccine, or or force this person to uh, to uh, not take the vaccine. Same way, then we're good. No, everyone has the right to an opinion. Everyone has their rights, right? And we should respect that. Respect For other sure. people's opinion. And yeah, if we do that, I think we should be good. Where was I going with this? <laughs> That's. Uh, I think this is. That's the message of the day overall. Just like Hashem is Hashem in control. That's a, that was what I was going at. Hashem is in control. And we should have faith and trust in Hashem that at the end of the day, yes, it is hard right now. But if we just 
hold on. Like in the end of the day, we've seen from history. It always it's gonna be. I mean, sometimes it's hard. Yeah, and in the past, it's been really hard. But as we see now, the hardest thing and the most craziest thing, the most dangerous thing, is not the the COVID, which okay, it, it did take lives, and those lives are very important. Each and every one of the lives is important. 100%. But the, one of the what's even more dangerous, I think, society. is hate. Society. It's hate yeah. and the the hate that we make because when we hate each other, this is gonna can cause way more deaths in the long run. For sure. For sure. The reason we don't have a Beit HaMikdash now, the reason we got destroyed as a nation and the Beit HaMikdash got destroyed, we all got dispersed dispersed and killed and was because of Sinat Khinam. That was the main reason. So we need to all remember we all come from the same father in heaven. And we're all brothers. And we need to remember that. And he's the one that's in control and he's the one that wants good, that does good. And at the end of the day, it's going to be good. And also something, I think some, some practical point is if you're on your social media feed and you see something against religious people, against anybody that's... Let's leave the rest of the world out of it right now. Let's talk about Jews. As Jews, what is our responsibility? If you see something online, don't share it. Yeah, don't have to share you it. Don't have to sh- you don't have to share <laughs> some nasty things. You don't have to share um, something la- that's, that's shaming. That's, yeah, that's shaming a, a whole entire community shaming um, a group of people that you really don't have any idea about and even if you think you have an idea about them why do you want the negativity on there any negativity doesn't matter if, if this negativity negativity happens in a religious area in a, in a Jewish area non-Jewish area not religious area doesn't matter any negativity doesn't need to be shared we don't there's enough negativity out there yeah. believe me nowadays all you see is negativity all they need to put up more positivity we need to come with open arms embrace even though it's COVID <laughs> it's hard good to, old hug give a good old hug you know like <laughs> take a test before if you need to but give a good old hug afterwards so l'chaim, l'chaim. L'chaim. may we uh, marry to better times better times may we times of under- peace. understand also that this is this is Jewish history that when we get to the low point there's huge huge light after that there's huge salvation that comes to the world after that yeah. so we're at a pretty low point right now um, can say that relative to our lives we're pretty low <laughs> and I don't think we've ever been had a year like this in our 26-7 years of existence um, we'll never forget this year yeah never and um, <laughs> hopefully we not only come to the realization that everything will be good but we know that everything is it's good Chaim 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 a pen that doesn't click Get yes. rid of your pen. You don't need it. <laughs> I need something. I need something. <laughs> I need something to play around with. You know. I'm gonna or I'm gonna go napkin. insane. <laughs> napkin. Just play with napkins. Yeah, you crunch it up in your hand or something. You can just hold hands. You just, just play with your hands all day. That'd be weird. Imagine. <laughs>